the iconic and knowledgeable John Garcia of Sports Illustrated. Yes, the director of recruiting is going to talk all things Michigan State recruiting from, well, what is the state of the Spartans recruiting class right now in 2023? And we get into a little bit of 2024 talk as well. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, Locked On Spartans Nation? How on earth are we all doing as we are just enjoying this bye week? You know, there's no hate in the air, no tension in the air as we sit here over the bye week ahead of a big game on October 29th. But hey, before, you know, we get to any other football talk, there's there's three groups of people I want to thank. The first one is I would like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college Terms and conditions apply. The second group is you, the wonderful listeners and viewers of Lockdown Spartans. And the third group is actually just one man himself. That's John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated, the director of recruiting. John, how on earth have you been, man? It's been a while since we've chatted. I'm doing well. Doing well. Can't complain. I mean, this this college football season has been unbelievable. A lot a lot yeah. of drama. Of course, recruiting is, is tagging right along as, as usual. So, uh Status quo for me, uh, at least professionally, so can't complain. There we go. And, yeah, you know what? It, it has been a whirlwind for the college sport landscape. Yeah, and also Michigan State, too, as well. Not necessarily for the good reason all along the way, although, hey, we are coming off a win. Let, let's, not, it, let's not downplay that at all. But with that said, hey, three and four on the season. A lot of us fans have that beacon of light being the recruiting class for 2023 right now. Um Look, you're the expert in the room, so I'll stop babbling. John, just hit us. Hit, please just tell us what's going on. How's the state of Michigan State recruiting? Is everything okay? Like, is everything going to be okay? Look, I, I think the the strength and optimism and the consistency of the summer was was certainly a high point for mm-hmm. this Michigan State class. Obviously, there has been a little bit of a slowdown since that point. A crucial decommitment recently in, in Clay Wedden. But outside of that, I do think all things even, as this dust continues to settle, still a balanced and relatively strong class. I think the volume is certainly something to address, right? 13 verbal commitments at this point, although we know Mr. Transfer Portal is always going to be a factor with with Michigan State and and Mel Tucker. The high school grouping right now is is very much a quality over quantity group. Uh, If you're on the fringe of the top 25 in any ranking, with under 20 verbal commitments right now, you're recruiting at a pretty high clip. And Michigan State is still very much on the plus side of that threshold. And there's still a lot of balance in this class, right? There's not an, a glaring mm-hmm. hole. Sure, you want more bodies at certain positions, especially in the trenches, because look, it's Mel Tucker. It's what he wants to do. But it's there's nothing that says, man, they really need X. They really need one more X. And then it'll be considered a good class. I think the foundation is really strong and, and it looks relatively stable at this point after that wedding decommitment. And I think the Wisconsin win too, like eased a lot of people just enough where, Hey, maybe our fingers off the panic button. But then again, yeah, you do have that wedding decommit. And I said, you know, Hey, like this is one guy decommitting, you know, unique situation in my opinion, going to Auburn, a place that's not necessarily okay stable football wise, but yeah. 
So I said, it's going to take at least two, maybe three, maybe four guys to decommit for me really to start worrying. But I, like, when when is panic time then for Michigan State? Am I in the right saying that now's not the time? Or should I be getting a little uh, wound up over here on my end? I, I think it's it's a little early for the panic. But like you said, Wedden was a very unique situation. Kid I know very well. Look, he's he's a down home type of kid, and and when yep. he went back to Auburn, he loved that part of it. It wasn't about football, coaching, stability, all those things. He kind of liked the vibes in that part of of SEC country, and and he was really able to make that decision independent of who the head coach is going to be, and and that's uh, certainly a prospect that's in the minority. Most kids are a little bit more perceptional on what is going to happen, uh, but it's not for everybody at that same token. So I do think he is a relatively unique case. Now, if, if like you said, three, four, five more kids start to fall off, especially because, look, this is, this is a national footprint, right? A lot of, a lot of Texas influence in this, this commitment group, uh, a lot of down south influence overall with this group. You know, if those kids start to pull off, then all of a sudden you do start to panic because that, that natural base closer to home – one isn't quite as strong as we've seen in years past. And two, most of those kids are off the board, right? Most of these kids have already come to a, a final college decision. So I think in that regard, it would be a little bit of panic type. But look, this is it's always good to remind folks that one game or a stretch of games during a college football season rarely affects recruiting in gotcha. that same ratio where it hits fans, where it's like, man, we can't do anything right. And it's just mm-hmm. a snowball effect. It, it really is never that simple from a college football recruiting standpoint. It is much more about the bigger picture. Um, you know, there's no hot seat talk for Mel Tucker or anything no, like that. Right. It, it would have to get almost to that point to create more movement. And then, uh, of course, after that, in turn, more panic and, and worry uh, about that commitment list. See, there we go. That, that that's the calm I needed. I'm sure that's the calm a lot of like listeners needed too. Because again, I'll I'll, I'll reiterate it. Like the the light at the end of this tunnel of a season that may or may not end in a bowl game is December 21st, right? Like National Signing Day. Like we, we just need that. So okay, so so we can hang on out for a little longer before we really start pulling our hair out. That's yeah, it's great, great to know actually. Awesome, perfect. And we're trying to relax too over this bye week here, uh, as you know, we build up to this Michigan game. But do you have? Any insight of what the the Michigan State staff is up to? I know they've hit in the road in the last few days. Any specific names pop out to you for guys they're uh, going to, or is it just kind of hitting all over the map here and just kind of a spray and pray for visits and whatnot? I think it'll be pretty widespread, uh, and I think it's a good time to double down on your verbal commitments, right? We just talked about sure. how a lot of them are very far uh, you know, away from, from that Midwestern footprint. So getting down to Alabama to see Stanton Ramil, getting down in, into Texas to see those three or four verbal commitments, I think that would be paramount for Michigan State uh, and its coaching staff, you know, re, re-recruiting those guys because it's easy to kind of look beyond it. And I think the strategy of – loading up with these summer official visits, which was really, again, th- that was the peak of this this MSU class of 23. Loading up with those official visits means that a lot of those further away recruits aren't going to be able to get back up to East Lansing on their own dime during the season. So I think that is certainly area of one of, of the priority spectrum. And then after that, check on some guys that are still available, right? I mean, it's, there's not a ton, but your Ashton Porters, your Samson Okalolas are, are still there on the board. You know, reconvene with with their head coaches, their their schools, their coaching staffs to at least get an updated evaluation. Then obviously you start planning for 
Now, the real important part of, of this part of the process is, is those in-home visits at the end of the cycle. But certainly the bye week affords you more opportunity to, to maybe hit the jet for a little bit further away from East Lansing than you normally would because you don't have to get back in time Saturday morning for a game. Sure. Right on. And you know what? If anyone had a bet slip uh, where you were going to be the first one to say Samson Okunlola's name, those were 50 to one odds. Usually that's me. That's just <laughs> chomping at the bit to say that guy's name. But we'll, we'll get to him in a little bit, I'm sure. But also, too, in a hot second, want to talk about flips. Guys that could flip away from Michigan State. Guys that could, more fun for us, flip to Michigan State. But I just need to talk the people's ear off really quick about sweat block. That's right. This is an old friend. They are back. And thank God. Now, look, they want us to tell a story of when sweat block really benefited us. And, hey, tis the season. It's the Michigan game coming up. How about last year? At the end of the first half, I'm sitting in this room by myself like a loser. Uh, but, hey, you know what? Life was good. We were in shooting range of Michigan, but oh my, oh my God, something smells like a dump. Someone smells like a homeless person in here. And then, well, it was just me because I was the only one there. And my goodness gracious, did I need some sweat block in my life? And hey, they were able to fix my problem. Shout out to sweat block. We're talking about the product that, you know, says it does what it says. It blocks the sweat. You apply it beforehand. It lasts for got up to a few days sometimes, really. Sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. He must have been a Michigan State fan watching the Michigan State Michigan game last year. It is a doctor created and doctor recommended product. It is simply the best. And to make it even better, we got a promo code so you can save 20% on your order at sweatblock.com. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Get it in time for next weekend's game for crying out loud. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. And as we welcome back the wonderful John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. Hey, thank you all for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Uh, John, let's, let's do some cartwheels. Let's do some backflips. Let's talk flips. Let's talk about the fun portion of this conversation right now. Uh, hey, at, at Ashton Porter. Okay, four-star defensive lineman was committed to Northwestern. And uh-oh, decommits not too long after visiting East Lansing. Scale of 1 to 10. Chances that this works out for us with Ashton Porter coming to Michigan State? If, if you could just put a grade on that really quick. I'd probably put a 7.5 to 8 on that thing right now. I, I do okay. think you can't – right? I mean, we, we talked about it. Like, look, with Clay Wedden, he visits Auburn, decommits, <laughs> and eventually flips to Auburn, right? So on the flip side of that, pun intended, Porter you know, visits MSU, decommits uh, on the 16th from Northwestern and now all of a sudden it's it's really a matter of when does he want to do this right the the sooner the better from the Michigan State angle right fresh off of that official visit certainly presented him with a thrilling game uh, and an atmosphere that is something that he'll call back to they had a great group of recruits on campus particularly on the defensive line you know by Job the class headliner on defense was there the SI 99 pass rusher I mean this was this was kind of an all hands on deck mid-season game to kind of counter what we talked about earlier right all those off-season official visits so able being able to wrangle up that many quality 2023 recruits and obviously some 24s were on campus as well 
I thought was a really big deal for MSU. So that kind of camaraderie with a lot of commits back back home, I think, rubs off uh, on other prospects. And obviously the the prowess of that that side of the ball over the long haul uh, at MSU is something that resonates. So, uh, you know, Brandon Jordan deserves a mention here. I think anytime you talk about a Texas defensive lineman, he's going to pop up. And there is there is some connection there uh, to my understanding there as well. So, again, the timeline suggests Michigan State is absolutely at the forefront front um, of this recruitment but it, it's a matter of how soon do you want to make that second decision you know if it's a traditional flip mm -hmm. you decommit from one you pick the other in relatively short order or do you kind of say hey now i'm back on the market who jumps in do other schools start to circle the wagons and, and make some phone calls i know mississippi state a couple others are interested uh, in porter so i think with him back on the market he'll get uh, some clarity on, yep. on some of the options that he does have. Maybe he takes another visit or two. But I think, again, um, right now where things stand fresh off of that trip, you got to feel really good about Sparty's chances. And one of the worst things you could do in life in general is just put the cart in front of the horse, you know, start counting the chickens before they even hatch. So with that said, let's just start doing that right now. Let's say Ashton Porter does commit to Michigan State. Now you got, okay, another four-star, Jalen Thompson. Of course, the guy you just mentioned earlier by Job. Andrew DePape right now, all verbal commits potentially if Porter hops on. Where does that rank just for, like, position groups in the nation, I guess? Is that, like, a top five defensive line unit? Is it, like, more of, like, a top 10, top 15 defensive line unit? Or how would you grade that? I know it's an odd, like, scale, but – yeah. Entertainment. No. Yeah. Look, we love position groups. You know, it's something we value very high at SI yeah. when we rank recruiting classes. If you bring in a great group, especially at a premium spot like defensive line slash pass rusher, you're going to be bumped up a couple of spots, kind of, uh, you know, gotcha. on the front end of, of any evaluation. So I think you get the nice combination. If Porter does jump in, you get the nice combination of pure juice on the outside with with Job and Thompson as you mentioned some raw ability with some polish mixed in I think Porter gives you flexibility positionally I think he can easily bulk up and maybe rush on the inside so now he's complementing some of those other pass rushers you know right next to him when he lines up a pre-snap so I do think this group uh hits another level if if Porter is is eventually brought on board because now you're not only bringing the bulk and the quality uh, at the pass rusher spot, you're bringing in some variants and some guys that can line up and present different problems to opposing offenses. And that's theoretically what you want. You know, these, these programs go to these, some call it like the NASCAR package, or they go to these crazy packages where all these pass rushers are on the field. Everyone's under 285 and you're just getting after the quarterback, obviously with the, you know, with the Ohio States of the world in, in your own yeah. conference, you've got to be able to do something similar to slow down these passing attacks. So again, I think that adds even more value to, to getting a group like that to Michigan state. So I think, I think again, if, if Porter's ready to do it soon, probably the best news possible for Mel Tucker and company. I, I would welcome it personally. I don't know if Ashton Porter's listening right now, but hey, you got the green light from me at least. Um, so that's, that's one name. That's that a has, big green light. That's a big green light. It, it, it's Matt. Thank you. Before Mel signs off, of course. See, checks in the mail, John. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so that's one name that has one eyebrow arched. Is, is there any other names that are on, on flip watch to Michigan State? Obviously, he's, he's probably the strongest candidate, but is there anyone that's maybe a little bit under him that we could be somewhat excited about or keeping an eye on? 
nothing glaring that's come across the desk again that that was kind of the build-up big visit weekend so i, I think yeah. we're still figuring out some of the returns uh, of those kids who were able to get up to east lansing but we'll see right like, like you said bye week and then some huge games still there on the schedule so if, if they can get some more you know return visits to campus i think that will heat up closer to december as you mentioned in that early signing period but certainly porter is where that conversation begins right now Gotcha. And let's just go on to the other side of the coin here is guys flipping away from Michigan State here. Uh, Kedrick Riesgano, uh, you know, running back out of Texas, having a sensational season down there at Texas as well. Yeah. This is Ole Miss last week and then, well, okay, Ole Miss having an okay season, I would say, but nothing imminent there. Like he didn't verbally decommit or anything, but still, with that said, is he a flip candidate? And if so, like who else would also be on the radar to uh, get a little nervous about here for this class? Yeah, it would have been him and Wedden if you asked a couple weeks ago. And I think now okay. it's, it might just be him. Again, you worry about some of those kids outside of the footprint. And things do change relatively quickly when some of these other big dominoes come on the board. Again, programs yeah. double down on, on some guys that were maybe on, on that second tier on their board. So I don't want to say it's impossible because certainly, you know, teenagers making decisions always uh, makes yeah. things <laughs> fluid. But I think he's he's really the primary guy to worry about. But it, it doesn't feel – it doesn't feel too imminent, right? Um, okay. He visited Ole Miss. He has not decommitted, which is a great sign. Uh, and there's talk that he could do a couple things that would probably shift the concern meter the other way. There's talk that he gets back up to East Lansing, although it's not mm-hmm. scheduled. Uh, there's talk that other schools are involved. Uh, not always the best news from the Michigan State angle, but if, if Ole Miss is such a kind of uh, home run, angle right look they're running the ball like crazy this year yeah they got a freshman who's going to be a freshman all-american at running back um so there's there's a lot of easy optics with Ole Miss right now you want to muddy that water a little bit so if other schools start to get involved and I think Oklahoma State's going to be that primary program to start getting in the mix other schools start getting involved it muddies the water a little bit and we oftentimes see kids kind of go back back home but go, go back to square one, which right now for him is still Michigan State publicly and I believe privately at this point. Again, okay. unless there's a decommitment or all of a sudden he's scheduling another visit to Ole Miss and stuff like that comes up, then I think the worry meter goes up just a little bit more. But but these kids are going to do their due diligence, right? I mean, this, yeah. is, this is a long process. The season creates so much fluidity. We've already seen five coaching staffs, you know, you know get canned and, and more are apparently – on the way in in short order in college football. So I think every recruit to a degree has got to do some due diligence and that's going to include visits. It's just a part of the nature of recruiting uh, in this day and age. Long way to go till December 21st. No doubt about that. Uh, we're we're going to talk more specific names too. Yes, that's right. I'm going to hit you with some Samsung Okalola when we get to the other side of this quick break here. But first, hey, just got to talk to people's ear off about linked in jobs we just talked about muddying the water do you know who makes the water clear is linkedin that's right they take care of you whether you're looking for a job or whether you're looking to hire folks because these days look we all know this every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available and that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and best of all for free Look, hey, you're going to create that free job post. So easy to do on LinkedIn Jobs. They make it so easy. Even a guy like me can do it. It's fantastic. And then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and 
higher. Finish this year strong. Bulk up your team as we head into 2023. And trust LinkedIn Jobs because, hey, they're number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, you guessed it, they apply. And as we welcome back, John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. Hey, thanks once again for sticking around here, you know, and also making us your first listen and watch every single day. Rate, review, subscribe, comment below, do whatever makes you happy, because I'm about to do something that makes me happy. And that's ask John Garcia Jr. about Samson Okalola. John, do you have any good news for us or what we <laughs> <laughs> got here? <laughs> Look, so he's, the last he's guy. Been, <laughs> right. He, he's been the biggest name recruit that has been the most mysterious throughout this entire process, right? right? Took those three three huge official visits in the offseason, right? Michigan yep. State, Miami, Alabama. And it looked like at one point he was content, right? At the end of the summer, hey, I'm ready to make a decision. He said he thought he had enough to pull the trigger at the end of the summer, which is obviously most likely good news for one of those three schools. Sure. But then he said, well, I do still have a couple official visits in the ta- in the bag. Let me take those in September. September came and went. No official visits. Well, it's hard to do that when your team plays their games on Saturdays over at Thayer Academy in Massachusetts. Really hard to get on an official visit if you're playing when the college teams are playing. So then the focus went to his bye weeks. Could he squeeze in a couple visits during his bye weeks? That is still potentially on the table, but as as far as this evening, nothing has been publicly scheduled from an official visit perspective. So two schools of thought here. One, between those three official visits in the summer, Miami held the most buzz. I think that's pretty clear Mm -hmm. and and kind of universally accepted at this point. So there's a, a sense of if it was going to be Miami in June, July, or August, why hasn't it been Miami now that we're, you know, closer to the end of the college football season? What more do you need to see from that school? So the second school of thought is, does that open the door for not only the other schools he visited, MSU and Alabama, but other schools still vying for those final official visits, Michigan, Florida, Georgia, Ohio State, um, Oregon. The list really goes on and on there, which I think confirms how mysterious this thing has been because there's not a whole lot of, college sourcing telling us hey we're gonna get this guy right so there's not a whole lot of that uh out in the air in the atmosphere right now so i think it does tell you that there's a little bit of a reshuffling of the deck there's still no visit timeline or decision timeline but we assume those visits are going to come before a decision especially for a kid who's a little bit more reserved at least when it talk when it comes to recruiting uh in in samson okalola so i do think this is almost a, a total reset of his recruitment at this stage of the game I do believe he will take at least one of these official visits. I'd probably, I think Ohio State and Oregon might be in the best position to get him on campus should he take those trips. And then gotcha. it's, you know, everyone with a puncher's chance there at the end of the cycle, closer to national signing day. Again, you expect him to be well received um, dur- during the, uh, the evaluation period, especially when it gets to the in home visit period. You would assume Mount Tucker and company are, are going to be out there in Massachusetts making their final pitch, and, and you let the chips fall where they may. But every school he's visited still has a puncher's chance at Okanola. It's so much so that other schools are still trying to get involved here at the 11th hour. I'm conflicted if that's like if I'm taking that as good news or bad news necessarily. I could yeah. talk myself into either side really, but like it got right. fascinating, fascinating saga for this kid. I mean, this is crazy. 
I mean, the year's going to be 2026, and you know we'll be talking, and I'll still be asking you what he's going to be doing because I don't even know if the decision will be made by then. But we'll see. Um, probably hey, probably of dec- declaring for the draft, I would imagine. You'd hope so by then, but hey, yeah. you never know. Um, speaking of decisions that are way down the road here, uh, en- enough of 2023 talk. Let's talk 2024 because uh, apparently that's happening. Apparently that's already here and. Here in a big way, because there was a highly rated commit by the name of David Stone, who visited not too long ago, posted on Instagram, too, that he was, quote, home in East Lansing. Um, okay, D- tell me why I shouldn't be excited about that. Like, how, how is this going, Ron? Like, this is great. Oh, kids, be. like a five-star kid, like, this is awesome, right? I mean, this is a – Yeah, so this David is – um, This is pretty good. <laughs> I think if David was in the 23 class, he'd be – arguably the number one interior guy this is a ferocious disruptive modern interior guy not the 330 pounder that is a a gap occupier or anything like that now he is he is that new age 280 pounder who moves incredibly well and just is is too quick for these big offensive linemen to deal with yet he still brings so much power within his game um i I think he's that good and he's being recruited as such um you know Mm -hmm. he's an oklahoma kid he's from the state of oklahoma where, you know, there's there's long been this understanding that he's going to end up there. But look, we thought that of by Job as well, right? So obviously there is a push for, for MSU with kids in, in that part of the country. Now he's at IMG Academy where he's he's still dominating, which I think says a lot about his ability. And and now he's become well traveled, as we often see with these IMG Academy kids. I think they've been to Auburn and Miami, obviously MSU this this past weekend. Um, but he's raving about that visit more so than what we're typically seeing. And he's, look, he's a nice kid, says all the right things, already understands kind of the game of, of the recruiting media and that industry. But it was at a different level with Michigan State. And I think uh, that's something that shouldn't be understated. Um, we, we've already seen MSU pull well at IMG Academy with, with Jordan Hall. Uh, they're obviously tight. You know, they're, you know, Hall lines up behind Stone on, on Friday nights. Uh, so, so that's something that could help uh, with the MSU angle in that regard. And, and kind of like what we said with Oklahoma, there's a sense that if Oklahoma's always been that school mm-hmm. for David Stone, why, what is he waiting for? Right. And he's, he's an elite recruit. They would surely take him, especially with how the defense has looked there in, in Norman uh, as soon as possible. They need that, yeah. that lightning rod to to get their 24 class kick started. And they would certainly want him to be that guy as early as possible. But programs feel like he's still open. Um, I think Miami okay. just offered him recently. A couple other schools are still getting involved with David Stone. And typically that's a sign that they don't feel like this recruitment is totally over. So I think the timeliness of that, as well as that MSU visit, is, is something that could potentially speak volumes here. I think he's going to um, really assess uh, who's who's in the mix here. Not saying Oklahoma's not going to be at the top and the favorite and all that stuff uh, going yeah. into that part of the process. But I do think he's a little bit more open-minded than he was from the moment he got uh, to IMG Academy when it really was seemingly all about the Sooners. He's really kind of opened things up as, again, as we see oftentimes with kids who go to IMG, it's very much a college atmosphere there, very business-like and how they navigate the recruiting process and make decisions. And I think he's seeing his 2023 classmates go through that with with that mentality. And I think he's going to adopt a lot of it before he's all done with the process. And so I think it's safe to say that he's like the name to know for Spartan fans for 2024 kids, oh, at least. Yeah. Is there yeah, a kid he's, right? He's the top yeah. five, top 10 overall kid sure. again. I, I think he'd, I, I think he's, he compares favorably to David Hicks to me in this class okay. in terms of interior defensive linemen. He's, he's a special recruit. Uh, I watched him play 
linebacker and safety at a camp. This is a different kind of okay. Kid. He was you know, <laughs> right. kind of messing around a little bit, but he he made a couple plays and had like a pass yeah. breakup. I mean, he is he is a unique kid who who literally gets after wherever he can, and including you know at some off ball linebacker in a camp setting. He he stole other guys' reps. He is just. He's a junkie. He is a junkie who absolutely loves it. And then you watch him on Friday nights and you can't miss him. And when you're talking yeah. about an IMG kid that you can't miss, it's it's really uh, a, a feather in the cap for for his ceiling and, and his floor at the same time. That's nuts. Any, any like close second biggest name then for MSU fans? I know that, you know, Vitor Belfort's kid, uh, Davey Belfort, four-star quarterback was just on campus. You know, that, that's just a fun one because, hey, of course, get, get him a celebrity. That, that's <laughs> fun. But like, are there any other like big names that, you know, Michigan State should really know for 2024? Or is it still like a little early before we could make a whole laundry list? of? Yeah, I mean, you always you always think of, of quarterbacks, certainly, uh, especially with the big in-state quarterback already off the board for next yep. year. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a natural position to look to. And then you look at other in-state recruits as well, right? It's, it's still very early in 24, but you still want to gather and, and impress uh, on those visits and and with Stone and, and with Belfort too. I mean, we're seeing a lot of that. And, and Belfort's taken multiple visits to MSU. I think that's a big deal. Obviously, his family's a little more financially capable than, than some others, but still, uh, that means he's got options. So to take multiple visits, I believe he's planning another one uh, in short order. I think that says a lot about, about uh, MSU's positioning there with him, uh, especially because the school's down south starting to fill up, right? Florida's locked in on DJ Lagway. Georgia just got their 2024 quarterback verbally committed. So I, I do think there's some shuffling going on with the schools a little bit closer to home for, for the Miami native. So I think that could push him further outside of that Southern footprint. And, and again, he really liked that impression there uh, in East Lansing last week. There we go. Look, always dropping by with good news. Look at you. John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. I got just the man, the myth, the legend. Thanks a lot for your time, man, and your insight and everything that you offer here on Lock on Spartans, man. I'll always appreciate talking to you. I know our listeners absolutely love hearing from you. So thanks again, man. Appreciate Likewise. it. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate that. You got it. You already know we will be back tomorrow, guys. Uh, just enjoying this bye week here. But until then, hey, enjoy the rest of your week. Love you all. Go green. Let's go.